Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Eddie Tate. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. staring contest with somebody, but you didn't know they were doing it, they did. They just started staring at you and you're really uncomfortable because there doesn't seem to be any purpose in the moment and they always end up winning because they had a confidence about what they were doing and you didn't, you weren't aware. I feel like God sometimes is creating a staring contest with us, and we're so eager to do something else that we're not aware of what he's doing, that he's staring at you because he loves you. He wants you to look into his eyes, and he wants you to just be still. But sometimes we're so like, I I don't know what you're doing right now, and I'm uncomfortable, so I've got to do something else. I had this thought towards the end of worship is, what if this is all we did tonight, right here? Some of you would last a couple minutes. Some of you would last a little longer. But I think all of us would get a little uncomfortable at some point. Father, I pray that your presence would be so tangible tonight. God, I pray that you would encounter us, that you would break past our comfort zones, break past our expectations that we've set, break past our ideas of what things should and shouldn't look like and how we should or shouldn't encounter you, God. God, church without your presence is just a meeting. God, we want you tonight. Jesus, you can be seated, you can sit, stand, lie, cry, float, I don't, whatever you want to do. You know, it's this, this month was really set up for serving and just belonging, and I actually had a message, uh, some of you are going to start laughing already, I had, a ma- I had a message I was preparing towards the beginning of the week just about being accountable, desiring accountability, like wanting to actually have people in your lives that say, I'm, I'm holding you to a standard, I'm holding you to something. People that you trust enough that you come and reveal your issues, you reveal your desires, your heart's cry, your disappointments. Like being so transparent that you actually belong. I thought it was going to be a good word. So just receive whatever revelation he was going to give me. Amen. Now, Wednesday, I was driving into the office. And I'll kind of backtrack after I tell you. Wednesday, I was driving into the office. And I I just had this encounter with the angelic in my truck. Wow, you guys are either asleep or it's become normal. I said I had an encounter with the angelic in my truck. 
is that normal for the rest of you? Because it, it does happen to me, but I don't recognize it as often. You guys are like, yeah, yeah. That's a Wednesday. See, I feel blessed. I have crazy stories of weird angelic encounters. Encounters with Jesus in the flesh, being taken to other places. I have crazy encounters. And I like to say them, and then I see a lot of people are like, uh huh? <laughs> Which either means you don't believe me or you really believe the word of God. And I'm hoping it's the second one. But I actually felt like God whispered something to me, and it was funny because. How many of you know that often I'm scheduled to preach and it becomes an oddity when I get up here? <laughs> I, I, have, I honestly probably have six months of messages that I've prepared and haven't preached. And that's okay. Because there's nothing I have prepared that God doesn't get to change in a moment because he's here. But something different happened on Wednesday. I felt like God said, I'm coming. Kind of scared the crud out of me, to be honest. I'm like, hey, I'm fine when you interrupt my moment, but you've warned me. What do I do with that? How do I prepare for that? I feel like it's like you own beachfront property and somebody's like, Tidal Wave will be here in two days. <laughs> do I move? Do I? Look at that. Come on. Yeah. Think about if you lived right on the end of that. There was no way off the island, and God said, I'm coming. Who's ready to be wrecked by God? Yeah, be careful. So there's like 12 people that raised your hands. I think the rest of you are wise. Those 12 are just downright crazy. Because I didn't say who wants to encounter his presence, who wants to be touched by God. I said, who wants to be wrecked? See, there's something about being wrecked by his presence, and it's not this friendly touch that we would like God to do. It doesn't fit within your comfort zone of how you want him to come. It's not necessarily a pleasing moment, but it's a perfect moment. Because when he wrecks you, he destroys the things that are inhibiting him from being fully evident in your lives. He breaks past the barriers that have been set by you, your mindsets, your past, your present, your circumstances, your theology. He breaks through all of that and says, I'm here. So who wants to get wrecked by God? Because trust me, anything he destroys in your life, it's because he has something better for you. He doesn't destroy something so to punish you. He destroys something to promote you. None of that was on my notes. <sighs> so Wednesday morning, get to the office. What do you guys think I did? Probably ran in and told him, God's coming. <laughs> no, I showed up and went to a meeting. 
and then another meeting and another meeting. How many of you know that often our lives dictate us doing the normal things even though God's given us a word? David was given a word that he was to be king. He was anointed, but he kept doing his normal thing. He kept being the shepherd. In fact, his dad even sent him to the front line to serve his brothers a meal because they were on the front line looking at Goliath. See, often we're supposed to continue doing our daily things, but there's a promise in the wind. Something's about to happen. And if you put too much focus on what God says is coming and you actually let go of your daily things, you might actually miss out on what he's trying to do. So we had some meetings. And then all of a sudden, we had a prayer and praise time in our office. Just so you know, the church offices get a lot of work done. But the church staff and leaders dedicate time to pray and worship. Because you don't need us to be well-educated. You need us to be full of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, God reminded me of what he said. It's like, uh uh-oh, God's coming. So a few days earlier, I was in Nebraska at a conference, and I get this testimony. And I'm going to sum it up so some of you may have heard it. It's it's actually Joaquin's testimony, a big part of this, but I'm going to give you the short and eddy version of it. So I'm sitting in Nebraska. We're at a pastor's meeting, and this woman comes up to me at lunch, and she says, I just want to let you know how much your church has blessed us. And I'm thinking, oh, that's awesome. Shane and I were speaking. We must have really blessed her in this meeting. That's great. And she's like, about a few years ago, and I thought, oh, it had nothing to do with me. (laughs) She said, I was in Amarillo, Texas. I was at a prophetic conference. And during the break for dinner, she says, a group of people from Bethel, Austin, came up to me and said, "We're we're kidnapping you and taking you to dinner. And she's like, why? And they're like, God highlighted you. And she said they got taken, they took her to a pizza place. She's a vegetarian. She's already been struggling because she's in Texas. And, you know, if you don't eat meat, well, we'll pray for you. Um, and so she's, she's there, and the person asked, hey, what do you want to eat? And she said, well, I'm a vegetarian. And they're like, great, we're going to eat what you're eating because we want to honor you. And so she's telling me, she goes, I've never felt more loved and honored by a group of people. And she, go, and, I, and she said, and I wasn't at church. I was with people at a pizza place. I was like, wow, do you, do you know any of, do you, do you recognize like the name of anybody? She goes, well, the one was Joaquin. I'm like, well, that makes sense. Your, 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 your pastor leads well. He honors well. So I call him. I'm like, man, that's awesome. He should hear a great testimony right now. So I call him. I'm like, hey, da 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 And I relay this story. And he says, uh, I haven't been in Amarillo since 2004. It's like, she said this was like two or three years ago. So we start talking, and he says, you know, last week I was praying about my angel that used to be seen. And I was telling God, God, I haven't had that happen in a while. I want more of those stories. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to find out if this was his angel. So I hang up with him, and I pull up a Facebook, and I go over, and I say, hey, is this the guy? And she goes, oh, yeah, that's him. That's Joaquin. 
Some of you are like, I don't get it. Years back, Joaquin had an encounter. He goes to L.A., and I'm really going to make this brief. He shows up at this conference. He shows up late. He's at this pastor's house. The pastor's wife sees him. They recognize each other. She says, uh, we can't, they can't figure out where they know each other from. Middle of dinner, she goes, oh, my gosh, runs out, comes back, flips through a journal, and reads this entry she had that in the mor- early in the morning, one morning, she was praying, and these seven angels walk into her prayer room, which was like a little den prayer room, and they form this circle. The center angel walks, steps forward and goes, my name is Joaquin, and I've come to bring healing in the region. <laughs> Joaquin had never been to that church. He'd never met that woman before. She had never been to Reading. But she had a description of the angel and had drawn, she was an artist, she had kind of drawn a picture. It was Joaquin. And multiple times after that, he had these encounters. Now, I'm going to call some of us out really quick. Guard your heart to not try to use the word of God to discredit an encounter of God. Because a lot of times when you hear about these crazy stories of God, you're like, well, where's that in the Bible? You're coming at it with a heart to disprove instead of receive. Guard your hearts. That was a side note. But if you need scripture, when Peter was released from, well, released, broken out of prison by an angel, how many of you know that angels don't really live by our laws? Some of them are criminal. They busted him out of prison. Have you ever thought about that? It's like, that was illegal. Oh, well. Peter shows up at the house where they're praying for him. And they go, oh, it's not Peter. It's just his angel. Which means it was normal for people to have angels that looked like themselves, sounded like them, and were recognized as them. See, I've heard a lot of talk with COVID and all this stuff going on. It's like, God, I just want to get back to normal. And I actually hardened my heart to that thought. Like, I don't want to go back to normal. And God's like, why not? Normal is when angels are considered regular. See, normal isn't what we had before COVID. Normal's what's written in these pages. We need to get past this place of thinking, What's normal is what we've experienced. What's normal is what he's offered. When we start living to where you're hearing a voice, seeing a face, and it's not the person, it's the angel, and it's just normal to you. You're not overwhelmed by it. You're not shocked by it. You're actually just okay with it. I'm not even here right now. Just kidding. I don't know if that's true. See, I think my angel looks younger and is better looking. I think that because people see me, they're like, wow, you've changed. Okay, some of you will get that later. Um, funny thing is, is a few years after we had heard these stories and this had happened, you guys all know Papa Jim. We have a friend that visited us last year's name, or year, year and a half ago, Rick Larson. So we were, at a, we were at a tent meeting, actually. Joaquin and Renee were both speaking at this tent meeting in Salinas, California. And I ended up having to go late, and Rick Larson had to go late. So I drove him to the tent meeting the next day. And 
we're in one of the meetings that night, and this woman comes up and goes, thank you so much for praying for me, to Rick. He's like, or she said, thank you for praying me last night. He's like, I, I wasn't here. She's like, oh, yeah, you were wearing the same hat, had the same beard, you did, and he's like, ma'am, I wasn't here. I don't care what you say. You prayed for me. Funny thing is that she actually went home. He prayed healing over her. She went home and prayed for her sister, and her sister got healed. Are you catching this? It wasn't Rick. It was his angel. Looked just like him. Same, same tent meeting. Papa Jim and I are out at lunch. This woman goes into the tent. She's like, hey, what are you guys doing here? And, and we're, we are like, we're just soaking. She's like, okay. She comes out of the tent, and Papa Jim and I drive in. And she's like, you were just soaking. How are you in your car? Because she saw our angels. Are you, are you catching this? It's normal. Or at least it should be. And the reality, reality is I think that it's happening more than we are aware of and more than we recognize. You got to grab a hold of this. I'm bringing food to the table. You've got to pick up the fork and eat it. Because where we're going to go tonight is going to require you to say yes. You have a decision to make tonight. You have to decide if you're going to allow skepticism, past, maturity, education, comfort levels to determine your level of encounters tonight. I haven't even looked at my notes. This is going to be a one crazy night. How many of you know what a Bible is? I'm just seeing who's participating tonight. There's like 20 of you. How many of you know what a Bible is? Okay, I'm, we're going to try it one more time. I'm about to start calling people out. If you're in this place tonight, okay, let me ask this. Is there anyone in this place tonight that does not know Jesus? We don't need to do a big, long altar call. You just need to say you don't know him, and I'll give him to you right now. Is everybody in here saved? At least nine of you. How many of you know what a Bible is? All right, we're getting there. It's like trying to prime the pump. When I read the Bible, I always like to read with destination in mind. What is our compass headed towards? What, what path are we directed on? Heaven's a good place to start. How many of you would agree? Like, start with the end in mind. Because you all know you, you're there right now, right? You're seated in heavenly places as well as here right now. You have to determine which reality you're most aware of. When you seek God, do you seek him from a place of, of lack or need towards something? Or do you, do you seek him from a place of I'm with you right now and I actually have everything you've given me and it's available? I look at heaven as a destination. Whenever I read about heaven in the Bible, most of the time there's hosts of angels when you read about heaven. How many of you have caught that when you've read? Okay. And what are they almost always doing? Worshiping. 
angels worship in humility. They worship enthusiastically. They worship in reverence, in awe, in wonder. They do it unceasingly. They do it in unity. You know what the beautiful thing is? Is you're right there doing it with them. See, we like to separate ourselves from spiritual things because it's comfortable and it's actually sometimes a little bit, it's scary to be right with the spiritual things. How many, how many of you have read anything crazy in the Bible and you're like, ooh, I don't know about that. Creatures with eyeballs inside and out of them. That's just weird. I want to know how the person that saw it knew there were eyeballs inside. <laughs> just things I wonder about. Thunder and lightning coming from the throne. Rainbows. Okay, side note. I'm going to get on a tangent, so I'm going to stand on this like it's my soapbox. We need to stop letting the devil take from us the promises of God and Christians become afraid of them. Rainbows are not the homosexual symbol. They're a promise of God. We get so afraid of something that all of a sudden gets labeled unholy that we forget that it wasn't designed that way. And we're like, oh, I'm not putting a rainbow on my car. People will think I'm gay. What if people actually believe you understand the promise? What if you put a rainbow on something and homosexual people go, oh, come on, you're with us. And I'm like, no, oh, I'm with him. What do you mean? Let's talk. I'm not afraid of them. Why should, it, why should you be afraid of a symbol? Okay, I'll get off the soapbox, sorry. We need to take back the things that have been promises of God, symbols of God. Quit being afraid of supernatural things that don't make you comfortable or that you don't understand. If your comfort level with God is dictated by understanding, he's not that big. And no offense, you're not that powerful. Your understanding of God isn't what I'm going to believe in. Honestly, my understanding of God is not what I'm going to necessarily wrap my head around. I want to live a life that's desperate enough to find him that I'm willing to step into things that are scary and unknown to me. To most of us, angels are more a decoration than they are a reality. They appear on jewelry. We have pictures of them. They're in art. They get put on tombstones. They get painted on the walls in the nursery. That way we can make it special and holy. They're in Christmas cards. Valentine's Day's cards. See, the funny thing is some people think that angels are these short little fat babies with wings and bows and arrows. And that's their comfort level. I'm okay if an angel is a picture. I'm okay if an angel is a thought. I'm okay if an angel is a story. I'm okay if an angel is Cupid. But I don't know if I'm okay with an angel actually showing up 
and challenging me and who I am. I'm afraid of the thought that an angel might be assigned to me or for me. Because then I have to actually acknowledge the reality of the supernatural. And that doesn't necessarily fit in my comfort zone sometimes. If you would actually believe in it. Now, I, I, I want to I say this now. I am focused on angels right now, and I am not talking about worship. We do not worship angels. That is, that is blasphemy. You do not worship angels. They are not to be exalted. They are to be seen and understood, and that's about it. I don't know exactly why they're here, and I'm not going to actually put myself in charge of them. But I'm also not going to ignore them or think that they're not real because they make me afraid. It would be idiotic to worship an angel. But it would be is as idiotic to ignore them. How many of here, and this, is, this isn't to call people out, but how many in here have been aware of an angelic encounter? You've either seen, felt, touched, observed, whatever. How many of you are, wow, okay, I am speaking to the right crowd. This is good. David, I'm going to hire you to just... You know what's good about David? He doesn't care what y'all think. He cares about what God's doing in a moment. I actually love this guy because I, he's like the Tickle Me Elmo of heaven. God shows up in the room and he's like, <laughs> it's awesome. He's not worried if he offends you. He's not worried if you're going to look at him weird. He doesn't care how you think about him. He's surrendered. I love that. I bless you, David. I bless you. All right. How many of you remember the story of Elijah and his servant? And the army is surrounding him. And Elijah says, open his eyes. I, I read that about five times today. Just taken to that area of scripture, Second Kings. I read it about five times today. And I was trying to figure out, like, God, I, I and I read five times because I read it in five different versions. I liked it. When I read the Bible... I'll read the one that I actually like, I'm comfortable with, but then I'll go into other versions to see how have people that have been given just real revelation on the word of God and given us different versions of the word, how are they reading the, the original text? So I went through five different versions, like, all right. And in five different versions, I did not actually see a place where, Eli where it says that Elijah pointed out or saw the army of angelic hosts. He just stated that they were there. And then he prayed for his servant, for his eyes to be open so that he could see. 
when you actually understand what was happening there, Elijah had such a normal understanding of the angelic assignment over his life. He didn't sit in a place of fear. He sat in a place of confidence. He didn't need to point out to his servant what was there. He just needed him to have his eyes opened. See, his servant would have approached the situation of being surrounded by an army of, what do we do to fix this situation? But once his eyes were opened, he's like, oh, we just trust and sit and wait and understand that God has actually already got this thing taken care of. They could have either done it themselves or done what they were supposed to. Tonight, I pray that your eyes are opened. If you've never seen the angelic, I pray you see what's here with us right now. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, I see them. I'll point them out for you. I do see in the heavenly sometimes. I see angels quite often. I honestly can't say I'm looking at anything right now that's extraordinary to my eyes, but I'm also very confident that they're here with us. I don't need to see them for your eyes to be open for you to see them. I had an encounter in one of the, really one of the first churches I was in when I was saved, and we were in the sanctuary, and I all of a sudden heard thousands of voices start to sing in this crazy, like, you know how... You get a bunch of people who like to sing singing and it sounds great, but then you get like an orchestra that's prepared together and done it for years and it just sounds better. It was better than that. It was like true unity behind the voice. Thousands of voices. There weren't but a, a few dozen people in the room. So this wasn't people. This wasn't a really good CD that was thrown on. This was the angelic host, and my ears were opened, and I heard something. It changed my life. That is a defining moment in my relationship with God. Because in a moment, I was like, God, I am now aware of what's with us. And in that moment, I felt like God spoke they're always there. It's not a, you may encounter them periodically. When the situation's right and you guys are all really prayed up, they'll show up with you. No, they're there worshiping with or without your involvement. Our awareness of them is so key, but it's not needed. They're here. There are angels in this room worshiping God in this moment. There are angels in this room walking around touching individuals right now. They're ministering to you on his behalf right now. How do I know? Because it tells me it's true. I'm either going to believe this or I'm not. And I'm not going to disqualify any of this because of my experience. Truth is truth regardless of what you believe. Can I have the worship team come on back up? I, we're we're, we're going to end my portion of this 
a little bit early. And everybody said, Amen. Oh. And the reason we're going to do this is because I really feel like there is an invitation tonight. And I struggle with what I'm about to say as much as you that have heard me even say it a few times. If you're a part of the church world and you go to church on a regular basis, the amount of times that I remember hearing, tonight's going to be such an impactful, life-changing night, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I had hardened my heart to that over time. I don't know if anybody else has. Maybe I'm just the only one. But I used to hear that there was going to be something so incredibly powerful that it would change my life forever. I would hear that so much, I actually numbed myself to believe it. I, I was kind of like, yeah, I hear that every week. Maybe if God wants to show up and do that, it'll happen. But I actually put it on to a sovereign, supernatural God decision instead of realizing he said, I've offered it, just step forward. It was actually up to me to believe with everything about who I am that God was actually about to do something significant in my life. It's funny how things work out, but I had this thing I wrote on the bottom of my paper earlier, and I walked over and talked to Dylan, and he said, I feel like this is what's going to happen. And I'm like, I, it's on my paper. He could, he could have preached tonight because he and I talked about half of what's on here. And it's this idea, let go, let God. Just let go tonight. Expectation with God is setting up how he's going to do something. Expectancy with God is knowing that he's going to do it. Let go of your expectations. Let go of the idea that it's going to happen a certain way. But embrace expectancy and just know he's going to do something. I have some declarations I want to declare over you, and then I'm going to hit one other thing. Why don't you guys just stand? Now, where we're going tonight is a place of worship not for the sake of partnering necessarily with this amazing team not even turning our affections in a certain direction because then we're actually focused on something specific this is my prayer for you tonight that where you are regardless of what you think you need or how he's going to come that he comes and that you get taken into a place of understanding what's available more than you ever have and specifically I want you to have encounters with the angelic hosts that are already here not because they're so important that we want to focus on them but because you need to actually see just how tangible the heavenlies are. The invisible realm is more real than the visible realm. The 
sometimes we have to get this idea. We hear this supernatural, the things going on in the spirit are more real than what's going on right now. That's a hard concept if you're putting it through this filter. But when you put it through the filter of truth and your heart, you realize that anything happening here is temporal and will end. But the supernatural realm never ceases. It goes on for eternity. It's outside of time, and it actually is always in place. The invisible realm is more real than the visible realm. Angels are with me at all times to minister, strengthen, and assist me. If you don't believe that, go get into the Word of God. Every one of you that has been assigned salvation, once you've said yes, you are on a path of salvation. Salvation is past, present, and future in your lives. Angels are assigned to those in salvation. I consistently release the supernatural to others by faith, not by just my sight or feelings. I am relentless in my pursuit of releasing the supernatural. I will not take no for an answer. I will not let an apparent failure stop me. Some of you need to quit basing your future faith on your past experience. If you come to a faith situation with a predetermined idea of what it'll look like, I guarantee you're going to be disappointed. But when you come forward in faith with all hope and just a complete surrender to God, I know you're good and you're here and you will do this. He shows up. I increasingly, this is, this, is, this is a declaration over your life. I increasingly have supernatural, Holy Spirit-infused dreams, visions, trances, unusual miracles, manifested authority over demons, translations, angelic visitations, new infillings of the Holy Spirit, and other supernatural encounters. I am not satisfied with living a life of theology. I have to live a life of relationship and truth. I cannot allow my understanding of God to stay in my head. I have to, I have, to have it rest in my faith. There is something so critical with a symbolic gesture of your body. The Bible's pretty clear that when we do something with our physical body, it is igniting, releasing, and, and accepting a spiritual truth. That's why when we worship and we raise our hands, it's not because this feels great to do for five hours. It's that this is a, 
this is a surrendering. This is something that we're doing to just release ourselves to God. When Israel was fighting and Moses had his arms up, they were winning. When his arms dropped, they lost. So what did they do? They propped his arms up, held his arms up so that Israel could win, which shows me that the physical body represents spiritual truths. Wars are won by you submitting physically. God, my heart, I'm so faithful, God. Then step out in faith. Don't hold it in a belief system. Walk it out physically. I'm such a humble man. Then kneel. Kneel in his presence. I don't need to kneel. I'm humble. Actually, you're refusing to ignite a physical empowerment of a spiritual truth in your life. I'm such a loving person. I have love in my heart. Then love somebody. How do you think my marriage would go if when I got married I said, hey, just so you know, I love you with everything. And then I never showed it. Like no, no actual physical representation of love. It was just, I told you it was there. Our physical actions reflect truth. Some of you are going to encounter his presence tonight. Some of you are going to observe others encountering his presence tonight. Choice is yours. You may have to lay down. You may have to kneel. You may have to walk over and just hug somebody. You might have to walk around this room and just experience. I, I wasn't even in here in the beginning when Chris opened, but... I heard the word said, and I'm like, yeah, there is a river in this place. I, I wasn't in here. I heard somebody say he said something about a river. But the reality is that some of you are going to have to actually start walking around because you're actually caught up in the river of his presence. Don't try to make sense of what God's going to do tonight. Just step in. Do it. Release. Now, the last thing I'm going to say, because I think it may have been one of the most prophetic things I saw tonight. How many of you see this up here? Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. I, I came in, I was praying. I, here, I'm going to be vulnerable for a second. How many of you know you don't have to feel awesome to step into the anointing and truth of what God's doing? It's been a hard few months for me. Hardest two or three months I think I've ever experienced in my life. I have never been more under the thumb of the enemy's attack than in this season of my life. I am fighting daily to push through. And I even was confessing to somebody and I said, I almost am struggling with hypocrisy. Because when God's anointing and truth shows up, yes, I'm on fire. And then I literally will turn around and go, God, I, I, I don't feel good right now. I don't value myself. I don't value this season. I don't value. How many of you, has anybody else ever dealt with that? 
Like, there's a reality to how you feel and your circumstances, but when you allow those to determine what's true, you've actually said your feelings and your thoughts supersede God himself. Because the reality is that his anointing and his truth is true and there regardless of how I feel in a moment. So I wasn't here in the beginning of worship. Why? I needed some God time. I needed to get out of my way and I needed to get in his. That's just being real. And then I walk in and I see Ollie Ollie Oxen free. Ali Ali Oxen Free is a phrase used in children's games, especially hide and seek. It signals that the game is over and everyone should come out from hiding. But there is another meaning behind Ali Ali Oxen Free, and this is what I want to declare over you. All ye, all ye, all are set free. That may be one of the most prophetic statements of the night because God is saying, the game's over. Come out from hiding. I'm here and you're set free. So do what you have to do. Church is really good at religiously staying in their seats. I have never read a thing in heaven except for one verse where there were 24 thrones. The rest of the time that I read about heaven, I don't hear about chairs and seats. Just a thought. I'll be totally fine if you guys start stacking up chairs, push them out of the way, and make this place a place of freedom tonight. I'm okay if you guys dance and yell and scream and run around and float and fly and transport to China and preach a message. I'm okay with all of that for you tonight. I break off any limitation that inhibits us from receiving the fullness of God in this place tonight. I break off any bound across your eyes or your ears that inhibit you from hearing or seeing the angelic host in this place tonight. I speak freedom over this place for every person in this room tonight. All ye, all ye, all are set free tonight in this place. Come up to the front, go around the side, stand up on your chair, move the chairs, whatever you need to do. Don't rush out of here. Nothing you had planned tonight is more important than this moment. Just partner with what they're doing but also become aware of what he's doing and let's just join in worship let's spend some time and I want you to hear and I want you to see the angelic hosts in the room our prayer servants that are in the room I do not want you to disconnect from receiving yourself but our core team and our prayer servants follow what God's doing in the room walk around pray for people if you feel you're led to do that if you had need tonight, you don't need a prayer servant to prayer for you because the angelic hosts are here on assignment to take care of all the needs. Just become aware of his presence. Just become aware of his presence, his goodness. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for just your evident 
tangible presence, God. The reality of who you are in this place, in my life right now. God, I don't seek the angelic for proof. I seek them for understanding. I seek them for connection, God. I seek your present first and foremost. I pray that the manifestations of the president, the pres the presence of God are evident but not worshiped. God, we do not disregard your manifestations. We see them as a sign that you're here. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.